Everybody and welcome into a new episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy, and we have Ariel Pacheco from the Strickland joining us on the pod. Ariel, thank you for coming on and uh, spending a little time with us. How you been? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. Glad to be here. You know, ready to talk next. Absolutely, and that's what we're going to talk about. We, you know, we had the start of the season with three games in. Uh, so, you know, let's talk about what we've seen so far this season. Um, you know, obviously the two and one start, uh, you know, the first game, if I'm not mistaken, if I seen that right, I've heard that it's like one of the most highest opening games on ESPN. I think uh, the highest, the highest, the yeah, highest. like the, in the a long game, time anyway. Yeah. Game was incredible. I mean, I, let me just, I started watching it and then I play in a softball league Monday and Wednesdays. So I had an eight thirty game and got to watch the first part of it, and then I was putting it on pause, come back in the dugout, put it on, blah, blah, blah. So I get home thinking that it's probably going to end in regulation. You know, we had a big comfortable lead. We blow it. I'm panicking now. You know, I'm trying to fast forward, and eventually I did get caught up right into the second overtime. So I did get to watch that part live. And it was just a really, really just fun game. I mean, the, the overtime when I think both teams combined for six made threes to start it. They were just going back and forth. They hit one, we hit one. Uh, just, just a really good, you know, quality opening night game that, of course, feels a whole lot better that we won the damn game because I wouldn't be talking about it like this if we lost the game. Uh, so they hung on. They got that done. And then they follow that up with the Magic, uh, dropping 24 threes as a team, a franchise record, uh, really just clobbered them. And then we get to Sunday. We had that little bit of a letdown. Um, you know, I kind of find it funny. I, I don't know about y'all, but if you, you've seen on the social media, like, what's wrong with us? You know, it's an 82-game season. You're, you're going to have a night like that where it just wasn't our night. I mean, I know it's the Magic. Yes, we should not lose to the Magic, but, you know, everybody's trying to, like, dissect this of what the heck just happened, trying to make it a bigger deal in it. It's game three. It's early on in the season. Things like this kind of happen. Um, I obviously prefer to be 3-0, and but 2-1 and ain't bad. And, and, and tonight, we'll get into that a little later on. We take on the, the 76ers, try to get to 3-1. and one. So, so far with me, just that's the basic kind of rundown where we're at so far this season but Ariel I'll start with you uh tell me a little bit about some of your thoughts this season so far rotation wise things that you've liked uh you know so far in the early going this year um it's been a it's been a fun season so far I mean I'm first of all I'm just glad that there's basketball back on yes. <laughs> the whole season it was short but it felt long yep. <laughs> um but overall you know the first game like you mentioned was a wild one very fun very entertaining a lot of ups and downs you know the 48 threes and the the Kemba turnovers. Um, but overall, you know, for the first three games, the biggest thing that I think noticed is like the increase in, you know, just three-point shooting, um, taking and making them. Um, it's it's definitely like a concerted effort by the team to like get up threes. And it, it's not just like they're chucking up threes just for the sake of saying, you know, we're chucking up threes. It's 
they're taking good quality shots. And I think compared to last season, you can just see how like Kemba and Fournier bring in this new kind of, I don't know, this new like layer to the offense that they just didn't have last year. Um, so it's been fun to kind of watch the offense offense look a lot more fluid at times than it did last year. Um, still kind of, I still kind of want to see Kemba get a little more involved. I think he's kind of been passive. Um, I think he doesn't want to step on any toes, you know, kind of new team. Um, but overall, you know, I think you kind of have to be satisfied. Yeah, the, the second loss to the Magic, I mean, the second game to the Magic was disappointing. That's not a team you want to lose to, but it happens, like you said, 82-game season. It's hard to beat any team back-to-back, um, especially when they got, like, destroyed the first game. You know, right. team, they're NBA players. They have pride. <laughs> they're going to go out and play hard. So, so yeah, um, nothing to panic about. Not the end of the world, 82-game season. And, yeah, you just move on from there. Yeah, Chip, and, you know, some of your thoughts, and then I got some, you know, individual things that we can kind of break down. But what have you seen so far? What have you liked so far with the first three games of the year? Uh, I love what I've seen from Fournier so far. I mean, I, I love that Really? He, no. Yeah, not yeah, you, yeah, not yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. Big surprise. No, <laughs> but I just love that he he's continued to be himself so far and that he hasn't had to stray at all from what he is. I, I agree with Ariel that he's that Kemba eventually, I think he'll get more settled into what he needs to be. But also, I mean, God, I, I think I tweeted during the, the magic, the second magic game, even though we ended up losing, thank God for Derek Rose. Cause right. if he wasn't in that game would have been an even uglier magic game. Cause that was brutal. I mean, the yeah. offense was bad. The starters played terrible in that game. Yes, Julius looked bad. He's just settling for bad shots. But yeah, I've been really impressed with Rose. I guess there was a little concern about how he would look coming off last year because he played a lot of minutes, and then coming off the Hawk series where he kind of looked gassed at the end of that series. But he's been awesome. Yeah, just yep. so good. Yeah. And then speaking of like just looking good, Mitchell Robinson, man. Oh my yeah. God, he's playing yeah. the best bat. Condition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's playing amazing basketball he's he's playing pay me basketball right now is what right. he's doing like he wants his money and i i if he keeps playing like this then he's gonna have no choice so i think th- that's the early storylines like you you nailed it with the threes obviously they're taking so many threes but right you gotta you gotta look at mitch too and i think the new the new additions kemba and fournia have been great there and that's it you know, and that's that's what I was going to jump into because we were talking right before we came on, Chip, uh, you know, about Mitchell Robinson and how he's looked this season. And I'm liking the buff Mitchell Robinson. Like, you know, the physicality, you know, it, it's working. Like, you see some guys, you know, they get swollen and, and it don't do a thing for them, right? Like, it just it, – it doesn't. Like, a roll this Chapman, by the way. I don't I don't know. I just – yeah, can't help myself right now. I just can't do it. I just can't. I can't, you know. Hasn't really done anything for him. But – you know, Mitchell Robinson uh, is, man, he, he's he's just been doing a little bit of everything. Uh, so a good start for him. Every time he hits the floor, he's already been hurt a couple of times where he's had to come out, but thankfully able to come back in. I think in the second game, he went down uh, briefly and, and, and went off the court. And we were up by so much already. And I was thinking, like, let's just not put him back out there. Like, just we're, we have this game in hand. But then I'm thinking it's Tibbs. He's going to – the starters are going to be back out at some point, even though we're up 30-something. You know you know that's coming, which I can't complain because I had Randall for DraftKings that night and needed a, needed a little bit more points to kind of cushion my lead, by the way. So, um, 
that was a good night for me. Not, not going to lie. But, yeah, Mitchell has been great. Um, and, you know, it's still very early on rotational-wise. Sometimes you see this, you know, you'll get, you know, guys getting some minutes and then all of a sudden they start to kind of kind of fade away. But, Chip, I wanted to, to ask you about Toppin um, because, oh, you know, yeah, beginning of the year we were trying to figure out what, how many minutes he's going to be, you know, is he going to get, you know, 10, 15 minutes a night? And we were talking about how, how it might be hard because, you know, Randall's going to be out there so much. Do we give Toppin a lot of run? And the the guy that I've seen from the summer league, just a totally different, confident, you know, player, is getting out there and taking the most of his minutes and has played probably more than I think me and you probably expected off the bat. But just curious, uh, Chip, you know, watching Toppin, what, what have you seen from him? What do you like? Do you think this is something that can be sustained? And do you think um, – you know, perhaps he gets these consistent minutes, or do you see it dropping as the season goes on? Well, he did play a lot in those first two games, and then Tosh yes. came back, and then right. he went back, and he, he only played 12 minutes in the third game. So hopefully that, that changes because they ended up – Tibbs recognizes they lost that third game. And as much as I love Taj, if, if Obi is the guy who seems like he's more of an impact player right now than Taj, maybe he'll get more minutes because I think – Taj also got 12 minutes in that game. I, could, I know Obi got 12, but I think Taj did too. And, yeah, but Obi played great those first two games. Obviously, the Knicks played great as a team. But Obi played great against the Boston Celtics, like a, a legit team. He came out and he – the season opener, he was great. And like you said, it's a, a totally different-looking player. And you surrounded uh, – still a young NBA wise player and surrounded him with better players, uh, Kemba Fournier. And you put him in the situation where he's at his best, which is an up-tempo style, which he wasn't able to do last year. Cause it, uh, that's not the type of point guard Alfred Payton is. And he flourished, I mean, easily. And I think if you keep putting him out there like that, I think he's going to do well, but that, the situation, it's not whether or not he can do it. It's whether or not Tibbs is going to be willing to play Obi and Randall together because I think that's the only way he gets significant minutes. And I think it's possible to do that because uh, I think Jack Huntley just posted uh, Julius Randall's block stats. Is, and uh, Julius actually has more blocks. Like he has like seven blocks or something like that, which is what, more than he had like in a month or something like the first month last year. So he's already playing better defense than he was all of last year, the first month of last year. But I think it's perfectly uh, acceptable to play these two guys at the same time. And it's, it's just whether or not Tibbs is going to do that instead of playing, you know, Taj, like who is his guy. And you also have Nerland Zoel coming back. So it's not – to me, it's not whether or not Obi can do it. It's whether or not he's going to be allowed to do it. And, Eric, you brought up another thing about Kimball Walker uh, and briefly kind of talked about it, and this was something else that I was going to talk about, and, and I think you're, you're right on the money with it. It seems a guy right now still trying to – find himself where it is, you know, exactly kind of gel mold in with this. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time, but you know, just if you could elaborate a little bit more 
um, what you're looking for from Kimba in the next upcoming games and the upcoming weeks. What, what do you want to see? Is it more just being aggressive, looking for that shot, attacking the basket, things like that? What, what would you like to see out of Kimba uh, as the season goes on in the next couple of games or so? Yeah, I just want to see him be more aggressive. Um, you know, that's a, who Kemba is. The reason why Kemba is Kemba is because of his scoring ability. And if he's being sort of passive, he, he kind of lose some of the value he brings on the court. Um, so you want to see him – I do want to see him attack the basket a little more. I don't feel like he's gotten in the paint that much. Um, but he's, he's, he's an elite pull-up shooter. That's where, he, you know, that's where he makes his money. So um, if he can – I remember in the first game against the Magic, he hit like three straight threes. I think two of them were coming off the pick and roll. Um, that's just where he thrives, just more pick and roll um, with Kemba. I'd love to see Julius screen for him. I think Kemba and Julius could be like a very deadly like pick and roll duel. Yeah. Uh, Julius is an elite roller. He doesn't really get the chance to roll anymore ever since Tibbs uh, became coach. But that's something I'm always clamoring for. If you follow me on Twitter, I probably annoy you guys with those tweets. But <laughs> um, yeah, just just a more involved, aggressive Kemba. He's taking. Compared to last season, he's I think he's around eight shots per game this season. Last season, he's around, he was around 15. He's taking like half of the shots he did last year. His usage percentage is way down. He's just uh, he, he needs to be a little more uh, forceful when it comes to like looking for his own shots. I think it'll come with time. Um, yeah, so nothing I'm too concerned about, but something that I am watching for as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100% with you on that. And then something else that we kind of touched about you know, just looking over the last three games, uh, we, we said it, the Knicks are shooting a lot of threes, right? And that was something that they added this offseason. They added some shooters. They added some guys that can that can hit the three-point shot, which is something they absolutely needed to add. There was very evident of that in that playoff series against the Hawks. We could not hit threes. You know, those shots that we were hitting in the regular season did not fall in that series. We needed to add some proven shooters to the mix. So we do got guys that can knock it down. We're shooting a lot of threes. You know, we've seen game two how it, it can be deadly for us. I mean, we hit 24 threes on them, and they just didn't have a shot in hell that night against us. But then we've seen a little bit drop off in game three. They didn't shoot as well. And it kind of, you know, Tibbs has talked about it, doesn't mind seeing three-point shots as long as it's the good three-point look. It's the, the right shot to make. So, you know, my question is – does it have you a little bit concerned that the Knicks might become a little dependent or maybe a little too much on the three ball, you know, two, three ball happy. And Ariel, I'll start with you is, do you think that's something that uh, they got to find a little bit more of a balance or are you okay with them? You know, if it's the right shot, pull the trigger and, you know, maybe we do live and die by a three a little bit more at times this year. I'm mostly fine with it. Um, If you were to like look up the, best teams in the league last year they were all taking you know they were all in the top half of like three points attempts uh the jazz were amazing last year and all they did was take threes um so i'm not too concerned with it it's not just about taking threes it's what kind of looks are you creating like what kind of three-point looks they're getting a lot of corner threes which is the second most efficient shot other than a layup or dunk um so they're generating good three-point looks so that's what matters more to me more so than oh they're taking a lot of threes um and it's just kind of like natural for it to happen with the additions they made. And the additions they made, not only do, they, not only do Kemba and 48 take more threes, but they create more threes just, just off the sheer playmaking ability as well. That's one thing I think we probably should talk about a little more is just Fournier's ability to create. Um, I think that's been a huge little uh, like added aspect to the offense that wasn't there last year with Bullock. 
Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not concerned with the three-point shooting. I think, I think that's just what the NBA is nowadays. Um, so, so yeah, not, not, not too concerned with that at all. Chip, what are your thoughts on it? Is it something that perhaps you think we can get a little too much three-ball happy? Do you want to see more of a balance there, or are you okay with it as well? No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, look at the Milwaukee Bucks. It was it was Giannis dunk, so they shoot a three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's simplistic, but they just bomb like Ariel said with the Jazz. It just bombs away all these great teams. <laughs> Shoot a lot, shoot a bunch of threes. Yeah, I, even even the Phoenix Suns, you know, they they surrounded themselves with shooters. Yeah, they, it's yeah. too early. We can't go from man. The Knicks don't take enough threes for how many years have we been saying that? To right. it's been three games of taking a bunch of threes. To, <laughs> they take too many threes. Yeah, right. We we need to just let this play out for a while. They right. added three point shooters. We need to let them shoot threes. Yeah, That's the way it goes. And yeah. Evan Fournier has taken, what, nine three-point attempts per game? I don't think he's going to be at nine the whole season. I think that'll probably tail off a little bit. Kemba's going to take a lot, though. Uh, Kemba's going to take a lot, though. Fournier's going to take a lot. I think RJ is going to take a lot because he's even more comfortable with the three-point yeah. shot now. He's up at six now. I think he's probably going to stay at that. It looks like maybe even a little bit more. I, I don't know, but. And Randall is definitely comfortable with the three-point shot, so his three-point attempts are not going to go down. Yeah. But, yeah, they're going to take a lot of threes. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah. it, they got good three-point shooters. They should be shooting threes. Yes, that's what they're getting paid to do, right? Yeah. Like, that's why they're brought here. So, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I just I, – I know they were talking about it in the broadcast a little bit. And, I, I mean, part of it, that's just today's game anyway. You know, it, it's – you got to be able to hit the three ball if you're going to win. Uh, and it was a weakness on the team or, or not one of their strong suits, I should say. And they added these guys. I, I agree 100%. Uh, part shoot. of it is Mitch, a uh, big part of the three-point offense being successful is Mitch staying healthy because having yeah. a guy – like the Utah has Rudy Gobert to be able to run to the rim and dunk yes. and stuff. Like if Mitch is healthy, he's really helps the three-point offense. Like yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're also playing at a faster pace, too, so they're just going to yes. get those kind of looks in transition as well. It's just natural. Yeah. Yes, which is one thing I've liked about Toppin uh, is, is exactly. a lot of his buckets are coming in transition, alley-oops, uh, things like that. Man, but how many how many times have we talked about that over the years, Chip, of, God, we don't have anybody that – and we, see, we talked about some awful fast-break possessions that, I mean, one too many passes or just not somebody that could finish – we finally have that we have guys that can finish and um you know yeah so we can play a lot faster and and i think it's i think it's great and i think you know we play it out i I think it will continue to do well for us um i would not be able to kind of transition into uh the the game tonight against the 76ers without without saying this um you know I've, i've been tweeting about it a couple of times again it's not all nick fans obviously there, there were some that were upset about Fernier and uh, we signed him and we didn't bring back Bullock. All right. Bullock's not even playing with the Mavericks. That's what I mean. I mean, let's, can we just, can I just address those? Game one, would Reggie Bullock be hitting those threes in that yeah. first overtime like that? I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Does he create his own shot? Like Fournier can't. Nope, I don't think so. I didn't get it. 
I just never understood it, so I'm just having a little fun with that. But I can't, I can't move on. Ariel, you were you were talking about it before. How many, how many times did uh, Reggie Bullock create a play for Julius Randle the way Evan Fournier has done? Yeah. Run a two man game with Julius Randle, like Fournier the has already thing, done through three games. It's like the biggest thing, the two man game with Fournier and Randle and Bullock and Randle. Like the biggest difference is like. They would run the same like dribble handoff, but mm-hmm. when Bullock would get it, if he didn't have the look, it would turn into a Julius post-up possession. And now Fournier can come off that screen and get in the paint or make the next pass or, or rise up for the three. It's just more versatile. It's, I like Bullock. He's a very um, solid player. He did a lot of good things for the Knicks last year, but it's like you can't really argue that he wasn't a limited offensive player. And it really like you really saw it in the Hawks series. That's where it really came to like a head. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Jay Kidd's burying him for some reason. I don't get that. But and they haven't even gotten into like the dribble handoff stuff that Fournier can do, where you can just dribble and he can hand it off and take it, dribble and go to the rim. Like he doesn't like Bullock is it's all dribble handoff and pull up and shoot, but Fournier can actually go to the rim and it's it was just such an upgrade. And I never understood why the the takes that it was a lateral move just never made sense to me. But it was because Bullock was so much better defensively. I just didn't get that. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Bullock is a good team defender. I think he was kind of overrated as like a one-on-one defender. Um, yeah. Solid. He, he's, he's a solid guy. Like he's, he's, not, he's not the guy you want guarding the, the other team's best player, but like you can live with him doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, he, he's, he's kind of skinny and stuff, so he can kind of get overpowered. But he's, you know, one thing I will say about Fournier, he was pretty bad defensively in the third game, I guess. Yeah, the he second was. game against the Magic. But yeah. the first two games he was really he was really good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He had a pretty poor game against the Magic in the second time around. But he's he's a good he's not a good defender, but he will be in the right spots and he's kind of tall. So that kind of helps mitigate a lot of mistakes. Um if you're just tall and in the right spots, you can get away with a lot. Um so yeah. Nothing yeah. nothing concerning with his defense. Yeah. You know, I, I just I had to stop there, and and Chip, I know you you get a kick out of it too, because you know that's your that's your guy. You know, you no, you you love him. Yeah. <laughs> before he was a Knicks, so I mean, you know, it's just funny because Bullock, like I said, I appreciate what he did. You know, there were times that I mean, we, we talked about it on the show. We need him to hit that open shot, and then all of a sudden he became a guy that was hitting that shot a little bit yeah. more consistent. So I appreciate what he was able to bring, but to elevate him like it was a complete devastational loss. And that we failed by signing Evan Varnia was just I, I I I'm I hope after that 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 crowd has disappeared completely and we don't have to hear that ever again. Um, but with that being said, now we got to jump into tonight's game uh, against the 76ers. So we're trying to bounce back after the the tough loss uh, to the Magic. And Chip, we were talking about it before. When's the last time the Knicks had beat the 76ers? Well, I'll tell you this. We're on an eight-game losing streak against them. Uh, we've lost, I believe, nine out of the last ten against them, if I'm not mistaken. But the last time the Knicks beat the uh, the 76ers, you got to go all the way back to April 12th of 2017. The Knicks won 114 to 113. Since 2017, we have not been able to beat the 76ers. Uh, we were talking about this as well. Ben Simmons not going to be playing. I was kind of hoping he would play so we can end that streak as well by beating him. Uh, but we're on a game losing streak, first off, against the 76ers. 
think it's about time we break that. What do you guys think? You know, I'd be what, what's 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 you know what's screw around here and win a game against them and, and uh, start flipping the script. What do you guys think? That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, to finally beat the Sixers. Yeah, perfect timing. Getting while they're down. Yeah. Yep. They feel like it, they look like a mess. Yeah, it, and you know, let's talk a little bit about tonight and what we are what we expect to see things like that and i think from the 76ers you know and, and the next we we basically obviously we see this team a lot we see them several times throughout the year um but for me you know i think the big thing uh and Embiid, i don't know if it's been announced if he's playing or not last update we seen was from begley uh we were talking about that before that he's expected to play but he's still going under evaluations um, so I expect him to be out there and play, but to me, I mean, we know what Embiid's going to do. He's going to get his points. I think the person that we got to really kind of try to slow down is Seth Curry. I mean, you know, if he, if he starts shooting, you know, like he's been so far this season from behind the arc, it, it could be trouble for us. I think that's the guy we kind of have to try to limit and slow down. And, you know, let's see if those big old muscles of Mitchell Robinson can, you know, body up, uh, Embiid and, and, uh, you know, bump him around a little bit. But those, those are kind of the keys that I have for the game, thinking about it. But, uh, Chip, I'll start with you. You know, what, how do you see this game going tonight? And B doesn't have a big scoring game yet. I didn't even No, yeah, yeah. It's yet. been very yeah. kind of mediocre. Uh, not mediocre because, I mean, his Well, they numbers, haven't beaten anybody. Yeah. They beat you know, the, his, the I, Pelicans I without Zion and the, the Thunder. And they lost yeah. to the Nets. So, yeah, kind of mediocre. They have, they right. have two wins against two – Teams that stink. Right. Yeah. No, I think the Knicks are, as we're recording this, uh, the Knicks are two-and-a-half-point favorites for a reason. I mean, obviously, Embiid's status is up in the air and the Knicks are at home, but, I mean, the Sixers, like I said earlier, are a mess. Everyone knows it. There's not a lot of confidence in the Sixers right now. I mean, yeah, Seth Curry could come out and hurt us, but I still, I think the Knicks are – if not a better team, they're just on the level of the Sixers. I, I put the Knicks ahead of the Sixers right now with everything that's going on with them. I think Embiid is going to be the best player on the court, but with the way he's hasn't really scored that well so far to start the season, I'd give the edge to the Knicks. I would say the Knicks are going to win. Uh, I just, I don't know. This, this Sixers group right now, no Simmons, no players back from Simmons yet. I have no confidence in this team right now. And I'm I'm an Embiid fan too. And I, yeah. I just have no confidence in this team. I, I think the Knicks at home, I think they win this game. Yep. Gary, what are your thoughts on tonight's game? Yeah, I haven't watched the Sixers game yet this year, but like my concern coming into the season with them, well, now that they don't have Ben, even with Ben, but it's just kind of like their half-court creation. Um, other than Embiid, like, the, the next guy is Tobias, um, which, I mean, you can kind of live with Tobias scoring. He's not going to, like, kill you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's been incredible this year. As you mentioned, I've seen his, like, stats and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see going into tonight the matchups. I know, obviously, Mitch is probably going to be on Embiid. Um, Julius is probably going to be on Tobias. I'm curious to see where they put RJ on because um, I don't know I don't know how Tibbs feels about putting Kemba on Maxi. Um, and I also don't know how Kemba, I mean, how Tibbs feels about putting Kemba on Seth Curry. So I'm kind of curious to see who Kemba ends up on. Um, so yeah, other than that, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the matchups and um, 
they got to be able to limit the three-point shooting because that's kind of where the Sixers thrive is they play inside out with Embiid. So if they can stop those things, they should be able to come out with a win, especially since they're at home. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't have something that's like in front of me that I can back this up. This is just based off of, I guess, what I've seen from a year ago. I just felt like last year a game like we had against the Magic on Sunday where we just did not quite have it. You know, we had that one run in the second quarter that kind of gave us a pretty big cushion and it slowly evaporated and then they took the lead and we just couldn't get it back. It wasn't our best game Sunday, obviously. But I just felt like last year when that happened, the next game they came out with a little bit more. Um, you know, if, if that's true or not, that's just the way I kind of feel and just the way I, I observed from the last season. And I, I expect that to kind of be uh, the the – same case tonight against the 76ers. I expect them to come out um, and not look like they have tired legs, be a little bit, uh, you know, flying around out there. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, with Embiid on the floor, if he's there, you know, we know it's going to be tight. It's going to come down to late, you know, execution down the stretch of the game. Uh, I feel pretty good about tonight as well. I, I do. I, I feel like this could be the night that we finally uh, – and that little skit against the 76ers, again, April 12th of 2017. It's been a long time. Let's go long ahead. Let's, let's, let's snap this, all right? Let's get this tonight. I think I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about it. I think the Knicks get it done tonight. So with that being said, before we wrap up, i just like to always ask, do we have anything else that we want to cover, Ariel, Chip, anything else you want to kind of throw out there that we might not have touched or gone into uh, kind of the last call segment here of the podcast. So anything you guys want to add? Well, we good. We covered it all. Uh, I want to plug Ariel's Twitter account. Yes, he has yes. one of the best Twitter accounts on Nick's Twitter. It's what Ariel, you need to uh, give out your own handle, but it's everybody who doesn't follow Ariel on Twitter. It's one of the best, I'm one of the right most, now, by the way. one of the most informative accounts on Nick's Twitter it's fantastic, man. It's it's really good. Thank you, guys. Uh, my Twitter is a Pacheco NBA. Um, so yeah, just follow me. Um, I do a lot of well after every game. The next morning, I'll do a thread and I'll just kind of go over things that I found interesting for whatever reason, good or bad, and um, try to try to find kind of themes of why the Knicks either won the game or lost the game. Sounds good. Check that out. I just followed him as well, so give him a follow for sure. Uh, but with that being said, we'll wrap up the next State of Mind podcast. Ariel, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Had a lot of fun uh, talking about the start of the season and tonight's game with you. So we appreciate you taking the time being on, on, on the pod today. Same, same. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. So let's wrap this up. We'll be back pretty soon with another episode of the next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>